following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2010's Valentine's Day, directed by Gary Marshall, starring Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, <laughs> Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Eric Dane, Patrick Dempsey, Hector Elizondo, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway. Ashton Kutcher, Queen Latifah, Taylor Lautner, George Lopez, Shirley MacLaine, Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts, and Taylor Swift. All on one take. Impressive. Valentine's Day is a 2010 romantic comedy film. This movie currently holds an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? In this Los Angeles set comedy, the tripwires of modern love are exposed in a carousel involving relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Tripwires? Can you let me get through this or do you go, want me to? Go, 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 go. <laughs> the tripwires of modern love are exposed in a carousel involving relationships and a single life on the most romantic day of the year, February 14th. Proposals, infidelity, loneliness, and more are explored. Julia Roberts, Ashton Kutcher, Jamie Foxx, Jessica Alba, Jessica Biel, <laughs> Jennifer Garner, Bradley Cooper, and Patrick Dempsey lead a star-studded cast. Actually, I'm glad I didn't listed all of them in the plot. Because, that is the plot. Because that's the plot. They are the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Valentine's Day. By the way, if you check your calendar, Kevin, you would have known that today, of all days, is Valentine's Day. So, happy Valentine's Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day, Joel. (laughs) Okay, Valentine's Day. What is your history with this one? Non-existent. Never seen it. Never wanted to see it. Was hoping I would never see it. When Joel told us that I was going to have to watch it, I shuddered in fear. And terror. That's the same history as me. <laughs> <laughs> I made a powerful mistake. <laughs> this movie. I have never seen it. Kevin's never seen it. Martin's never even heard of it. But I've heard of it. I, I, obviously, you didn't know what the holiday was. <laughs> yeah, he's never heard of Valentine's Day as a whole. <laughs> Strange custom. <laughs> All right, so let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one. So you thought they did. I guess we'll be here for another hour talking about the actors. This 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 might as well just be the entire episode. Like, it like, let's, let, let's get this out. In open right now. This movie has no story. Okay? There's no plot. There's no plot. No point. There's no point to it. Okay? <laughs> they got a lot of high profile names in this movie. High to priced. Get high priced. High powered. Attorneys. in. High I mean, proud. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> into this movie to get people in the seats and it worked. Let's start it off right. Let's do what we always do at the top of the show. Discuss the actors one by one. We'll see how you thought they did. First up, and we're going in alphabetical order, Jessica Alba. I'm going to start off by saying that Jessica Alba is gorgeous. I think that she's one of the most attractive actresses in Hollywood. What about Bollywood? Yeah, sure. I'll include Bollywood. I don't want to say that she had a small part in this movie because almost every actor in this movie had a small part save Ashton Kutcher. That's a good question. What do you think the total screen time is or the average screen time for everybody in this movie was? There's like 20 people. It's two hours long. So what, six minutes a person? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Twelve. 12 minutes a person because it's got to be two actors in a scene minimum. So I'm going to say between 12 and 15 minutes is the average screen time for, yeah, okay. for a person uh, in this movie. Okay, and of that 12 minutes, I think Jessica Alba only got like five or six. Yeah, she got shorthanded. Mm-hmm. But How did she do? How was her acting chops? I have no idea. I don't yeah. know. There's no way to tell. There's no way to even know. I wasn't pleased with that haircut she had in this movie. I'll tell you one thing. That I hair bet, color doesn't work. I bet everybody her. was pleased for doing about a day's worth of work and getting paid a And ton. hanging out with their friends. 
hanging out with their friends, yep. getting all their food paid for, and they got a ton of cash for it. This is going to be a really tough movie to say whether someone was good or bad in it because they just had such limited time on screen. But her especially, she may have had four lines in that movie. Okay, Kathy Bates? Even less. She had like two lines. <laughs> Jessica Biel. Yeah, she, she was, was a, a big player. Yeah, in this. she was a, a bigger player. Um, She's pretty jaded to the entire Valentine's Day holiday. And I think that came off pretty well. She was supposed to be goofy, though, and I had trouble believing that. It was just like Catherine Heigl and Killers. She's supposed to be a woman who's having difficulty getting dates and stuff, but she's it's this so gorgeous absurd. supermodel. So absurd. She can't get a date on Valentine's Day? Yeah, I, I just think that's bad casting. I don't necessarily think she did a poor job. You're right. That's I think absolutely it was just correct. Poor casting. Yeah, you're right. She's unbelievable as someone who can't get a date and hates love, and also as someone who's goofy and clumsy. I think her acting was fine in this movie. She came off as like a jaded, upset uh, person who puts their job first, and that's I liked what her she was this. supposed to play. So I, I, yeah, I, she I, did I think she did her job. She mm-hmm. she was good. Okay, Bradley Cooper. Come I on. I can't, come on. I, come on. I, I, I can't get enough of this guy. This guy can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, Martin was so happy to see Bradley Cooper every time he reappeared. Did you ever see that movie where he was limitless? Of course. He had no limits. He, he didn't. <laughs> when I, He's like a wild animal set free from a cage. <laughs> it was magnificent. It was beautiful. But what about in this movie? Did he have limits? Yes. <laughs> He, well, he was his kind of standard charming self, right? He sat in a chair the whole movie. <laughs> no, but he like he was like talking with Julia Roberts, and they had a little repertoire back and forth. Yeah, like, yeah, they were, they were going back and forth. You know, they were they were boxing. With yeah, the yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They were going jab for jab, punch for punch, <laughs> tit for tat. <laughs> He was holding his own against an A-lister, you know? Okay, Eric Dane. I don't even know who that is. McSteamy. Oh, McDreamy, Steamy. McSteamy. Is McSteamy the husband or is he the football no, player? McSteamy's the football player. Yeah. Okay, so Brett Favre. Yeah, the Brett Favre guy. Favre. I don't think this guy's a very good actor. I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen <laughs> That's an understatement. This is the first time I've ever seen him, but like his line deliveries when he was like, I want what everybody wants. Family, relationship, kids. Uh. Like, huh? This, this guy's kind of dead. You say you're a lifelong Grey's Anatomy's fan, right? Uh, no, I didn't say that. That's where he was from, right? I liked the first season of that show, and, and then that was And it. by first season, you mean you have the entire box set of all the seasons in your house, No, right? that's the complete opposite of what I said. So every night when you go to sleep, you play an episode of Grey's Anatomy on loop. No, that's on not How to save a life. That's your favorite, right? And then you fall right. You that's fall Grey's right Anatomy, sleep. isn't it? I don't think so. I think that's like <laughs> a song by The Fray. Yeah, it's Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> They have nothing to do with each other. Yes, they do. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, this is this is, this is, is the worst argument we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> of the thousands of arguments we've had over our friendship. This is literally the worst one we've ever had. Okay, so Eric, Eric Dane, yay or nay? We're going nay. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this guy. He was the same on Grey's Anatomy. He's just very deadpan. You know what? With his delivery. Uh, next up, Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy. There you go. The real dreamboat in this one. This guy could act. I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. This guy can act at least. He really didn't do much in this movie. He had very limited screen time. He was very similar to Jessica Alba in that respect. He, he was came the off, villain, right? He, he, he came off kind of sleazy. Like, that was his character. He was the quote-unquote juggler. Juggling relationships. And balls and... Yeah, and juggling apples and whatever. 
whatever else he could get his hands on. Yeah, was, he he was this movie's villain, right? I find him to be a likable guy, even when he's being a rogue. He's uh, yeah, like it's, it's hard to buy him as this evil guy. I, I find it difficult anyway. I don't. I I had no trouble with it, but I don't have any experience with him as an actor. Or, yeah, maybe that's know, it. Maybe casting. You should borrow his box out of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, he wouldn't <laughs> let me. It's locked in his safe. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, Hector Elizondo. Now yep. here's a real actor. Yep. He doesn't belong in this movie. Yeah, he got lost. And either, either <laughs> he wandered on set. Garrett Marshall's like, hey, Hector, come here. He doesn't belong in this movie. His acting was phenomenal. He had more screen time, which was definitely deserved. Good stuff. Great stuff. I'll say it right now. The actress who played his wife. Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, she's great as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they were two bright spots in this movie. And I absolutely believe that they were a married couple their entire life in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Very, very believable. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, Jamie Foxx. He didn't really do anything. He didn't, he, he, he didn't do it for me in this. He, he wasn't means. very charismatic or anything, which you kind of come to expect from him, I think. He was sleepwalking through this. He was bored. Yeah, I agree. Jennifer Gardner. She was one of the major players in this. Yeah, she was alright. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Jennifer Gardner. No, me neither. (laughs) Me neither. I'll say it right right now. I don't believe the her weird quirkiness in this movie. It's annoying, and I didn't like her character at all. That's not her fault as an actress. As far as her acting goes, I didn't think it was anything stellar. I mean, you put her next to Topher Grace. Come on. Next up, Topher Grace. He's great. Fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. Really good. I like this guy. Head and shoulders above the rest. He is really underappreciated in every movie he's in, Mm -hmm. except Spider-Man 3, where they just should have cut his character out. He he was my favorite part of Spider-Man 3. What about In Good Company? Great. Great. I really like that movie, actually. (laughs) I like Topher Grace. You know, he's not... He should be in more movies. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We need need more of that guy. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting to think that of all the people that were in that 70s show, Ashton Kutcher was the biggest breakout hit out of all of them? Yeah. And then, like, Mila Kunis is the second. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it's those two people out of that huge cast. I am willing to bet that Topher Grace will have staying power, though. Oh. Because I think he's a real actor, and I think he'll stay around for a while. Whereas... Do you think he'll peak and then make his way to Robert Redford territory? Start start directing? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I think Ashton's kind of quirkiness, like the, the characters he he typically plays, I think that's going to wear thin after a while. But Topher Grace can... I, he's a real actor. Like He can play different parts. I think that has staying power. Okay. Anne Hathaway. Future Catwoman. Martin just vomited in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the guy who directed this movie did The Princess Diaries, which I know is your favorite film. I have The Princess Diaries 2 on DVD in my apartment right now. I'm well aware of that. I thought she did kind of typical Anne Hathaway, right? I mean, like, just about any other... Now, I haven't seen, like, Rachel getting married. I know a lot of people... Boo! Thumbs down. Thumbs down? sucks. Well, a lot of people praised her performance in that, though. Okay. It was different, right? She wasn't normal, bubbly Anne Hathaway. I think she's normally bubbly, right? Sure, 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 sure. What did Anne Hathaway do in this movie that is memorable? She talked on the phone the whole time. Yeah. The majority of her screen time was her talking on the phone. To who? Vladimir. Vladimir. Just her talking to Vladimir pretending to be like a dominatrix? Mm -hmm. That's it. That was her character. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious, right? Was that supposed to be comic relief? That's a really good question. Ashton Kutcher. I can't believe three movies on this show in a row. Back to back to back to back. Ashton Kutcher. So he's he's the main Yeah, he's the the hero of this movie. contact of this movie, right? Yes. A lot of it runs through through his storyline. Mm-hmm. He was better in this than in the 
killers. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Ashton Kutcher came off really sensitive mm-hmm. and timid to me in this movie, which is really weird because... Did I, his boyish good looks win you over? That's what it was, you know, scripted for, right? That's what his character was there for. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be like the sensitive guy, you know, the friend that every girl has, but always overlooks. Friend zone. Friend, yeah, friend mm-hmm. zone friend, but he's really, he was the right guy all along. Wow, he was all along. They were all along, along. Right? he was there. Yeah. You just, he, you just never noticed him. He played that part to, to the T. I think that that's a part that he usually doesn't play. Like, timid. And he pulled it off, so good for you, Ashton. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I liked him and his character in this movie, and that's what that's what we were supposed to, to do. I think we've established on this show that we're pro Ashton Kutcher, yep. but some of the, his movie choices aren't up to par, I guess. I'm sure they make exactly. him mad money, but... That's an understatement. His movie choices aren't up to par. Yeah, he's no Taylor Lautner. You sure it never came off in this movie? No, it didn't. Yeah, I could tell you were super disappointed when those credits were old. Like, where's my shirtless Taylor action? They made a joke about it. Taylor Lautner shows up in the movie like 40 minutes in. Yeah. Then he disappears mm-hmm. and then comes back at the end for five seconds. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Taylor Lautner appeared at 32 minutes and 53 seconds into the movie. Yeah. I stand corrected. Uh, you should stand very corrected. He was a non-entity in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Pointless. With, with his uh, love interest, Taylor Swift. Taylor and Taylor. Okay, together so Together at last. Let's also put it out right now. Like you said earlier, Joel, you think that they're in this movie just to draw the teenage crowds, the, the, the teenage girls in. That's the only reason those two people were cast. I think that that's very, very blatant. I would go like this to say, like, if we're ranking these actors from, like, best to worst, I would say that Taylor Swift is the second worst person in this movie, and Taylor Lautner is the third worst actor in this movie. Guess who's number one? Yeah, the boy. We understand. The little boy. I'm gonna say this. Taylor Swift is not an actress. Yeah, I think it's yeah. unfair. So no, give I her think a pass. I give I, her a pass. She, she gets a buy. She's in this movie because they're like, hey, you want to be in a movie? It's really small part. You can do the soundtrack for it. She's like, it's Taylor Lautner. She's like, like, of course. She goes, of course. I, his abs. He's got abs from here to next year. Let me ask you this. If they took out the other teenage couple, yeah. or they removed the, the Taylor and Taylor characters, and they take those two actors and put them in the other teenage couple roles, hmm. does this movie get hurt at all? Well, it probably gets bumped up because the other teenage character roles, there's a lot more beefcake yeah. in that one. Yeah. And you'd have actors that teenagers would go see, right? In those roles. That's true. So you wouldn't even need those other characters tacked on. The problem is Taylor Swift couldn't do that, I'm guessing, because her, I guess her manager's like, you're a country star. I don't want you to have any insinuation of having sex with Taylor Lautner. That's probably bad for your image. We can't do that. I'm going to guess that's that a lame reason. Yeah, yeah, it is, but I'm going to guess that that's probably what happened. Uh, maybe. Okay, and finally, let me wrap these two people together. Emma Roberts and Julia Roberts. But they're one person? They're related. So? Nepotism at its finest. Uh, I just want to get this over with. <laughs> they both didn't act at the end. Yeah, neither one of them were very prominent. They were just, they were just there. Eye candy. Uh, Julia Roberts was no. just there to have <laughs> Bradley Cooper talk to something. Okay. Ouch. You going to keep that in? Keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep it in. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye. That was Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I hope whatever you do after you listen to this podcast, you have a very sensual, romantic Valentine's Yeah, keep it safe, Day. guys. Wrap it. Wrap it before <laughs> yeah. you tap it. Wrap it before you tap it. Night, good night, guys. And remember, pulling out is the most effective means of birth control. <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, let's discuss the brief history of Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs>
Back in 1820. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go that far back in time. Okay, Catherine Heigl was considered for a role in the movie, but was dropped because of salary demands. Rachel McAdams and Elizabeth Banks auditioned for the role of Morley Clarkson. Why do they even name anybody in this movie? They should just keep them Ashton Kutcher as yes. Ashton Kutcher. Wait, who is Morley? Who is Morley? Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Because I put that in there because I think that's worth discussing, right? Whether we agree with uh, their choice. Oh, so it wasn't even... Okay, so Morley Clarkson was Jessica Alba. Okay. And we'll Mystery look. solved. Yeah. Catherine Heigl. You think that would have been a better choice? Catherine Ashton again. That would have been amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, mm, the chemistry was so strong in Killers. I can only imagine how strong it would have been in this movie where they had even less screen time. Oh, so she didn't want to be in this movie because of her salary? It's a 10 minute long part. Was that, that was the part Catherine Heigl was up for? Yes. <sighs> what did she want? Whoa, my God. $20 million. That decreases my opinion of her as a person. <laughs> it's just, it's it's like a fee, it's like a problem, like a fevered ego. She's like a very fevered how many, ego. How many days of shooting would that role have been? It can't, it couldn't have been more than two. There's yeah, no right? two days? way. There's no way it was more than two days. You probably could have done it in a single day. You, no, yeah. you, you absolutely could do that in one day. And there's no way that was two days. Sam Worthington, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Orlando Bloom all turned down the role of Bradley Cooper's part. Mm. And Sam Worthington also turned down the role that was taken by McSteamy. Mm. So Sam Worthington had wanted nothing to do with this. I respect his choice. Yeah, I respect his choice as well. Though I can't fault Bradley Cooper. He is he is just phenomenal. I think that was at the stage where Bradley Cooper was trying to get into every movie that was coming out. He was trying to pull Jude Law? Yeah, I think he was that year, right? I mean, he's there was a good, a good stretch of a year there. He was in like 10 movies, seemed like. Good, strike while the iron's hot. But <laughs> the iron's still hot. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, Sandra Bullock, and Jodie Foster all turned down the role that was played by Julia Roberts. Why? Does I, I could have seen Sandra Bullock doing that. Yeah, for sure. Julia Stiles auditioned for the role of Kara, but lost it to Jessica Biel. Mm, upgrade. Yeah, that was a big yeah. upgrade. Upgraded. Julia Roberts was paid nearly $12,000 for each word she says in this film. <laughs> 251 words in return for reportedly a $3 million paycheck. How do you just get... All right, just let's, <laughs> let's, let's stop. Let's stop right now. How can you justify that? I mean, that's a, so that assumes that three million dollars worth of tickets are bought at least just, just because her, her name just, is just because her name is in the credits, yeah. which She's is probably accurate, mi- right? I think more than three million yeah. is going to be purchased because her name's in it. Mm-hmm. Taylor Lautner, most notably known for his role in Twilight, tells his on-screen girlfriend, played by Taylor Swift, that he's uncomfortable taking his shirt off in public. This is most likely a nod to Taylor having his shirt off for the majority of the Twilight films. Taylor Swift, here seen dating Taylor Lautner had actually just broken up with him recently in real life. At the time when this movie was released, the star-studded cast had collectively been nominated for 16 acting Oscars during their careers, including four wins. The nominations are shared by actors Kathy Bates, three, Jamie Foxx, two, Anne Hathaway, one, Queen Latifah, one, Shirley MacLaine, six, and Julia Roberts, three. What was Queen Latifah nominated for? Taxi? No. No. Okay, Valentine's Day is noted for sharing similarities with the British film Love Actually, particularly the basic premise of multiple storylines occurring around a popular holiday holiday and sometimes identical subplots, many British bloggers and online critics describe Valentine's Day as an American copycat version of Love Actually, focusing on how Valentine's Day, like Love Actually, has an all-star cast whose character stories intertwine with one another. I agree with that. I absolutely agree. I agree with that, but Valentine's Day is way, way, way inferior to Love Actually. Oh, 100,000%. Yeah. The second biggest opening for a romantic comedy, just behind Sex and the City with $57 million. It had a budget of $52 million and made how much in the 
box office, Martin? $250 million. Close. $216 million at the box office. Yeah. Okay, this movie was nominated for the following. At the MTV Movie Awards, Best Kiss. For Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. At the 2010 Teen Choice Awards. That's a perennial favorite here at Yes <laughs> Teen Choice Awards. It was nominated for Choice Movie, Romantic Comedy Film. Choice Movie Actor, Romantic Comedy for Ashton Kutcher. Choice Movie Actress, Romantic Comedy, Queen Latifah. Chemistry, Taylor Lautner, Taylor Swift. Breakout Female, Taylor Swift. Lip Lock, Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. Scene Stealer, Female, Anne Hathaway. Scene Stealer, Male, George Lopez. Hissy Fit. <laughs> the award for Best there's Hissy a, there, Fit. There's a Hissy Fit award? It goes to Jessica Biel. Teens she, like, make she... terrible choices. Proven. Here's the facts. Yes. Right here. All right, at the 37 People's Choice Awards, nominated for Favorite Comedy Movie. And at the 31st... Wait, this is a comedy? No, it's not. At the 31st Golden Raspberry Awards, nominated for Worst Actor, Ashton Kutcher. Worst Actor, Taylor Lautner. Worst Supporting Actor, George Lopez. And Worst Supporting Actress, Jessica Alba. And Ashton Kutcher and Alba won those Raspberry Awards. That, that makes no sense, though, right? What? Alba was not even in this movie. How could she win for Worst Actress? That's just a grudge, right? That's a vendetta. I guess so. There's only one verdict. Vengeance. Valentine's Day! Now, I think it's important for us to make a note here that when we watched this movie last night, what do you want to describe what happened when it was over? I can't even describe what happened. It was like I was in another dimension. I feel like I was abducted by aliens. You both fell apart emotionally. Oh, yeah. Martin was hysterical. He was beside himself, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> clawing at the walls. We were supposed to review this movie last night, but, like, it just wasn't gonna happen. We all had mental breakdowns. Kevin wanted to push through and do it, but I think it would have been a nightmare to talk about it last night. After after that shell shock I experienced, wasn't gonna happen. Plus, I don't want to pay the copay for, like, six months of therapy. <laughs> yeah, so we had to push it to the next morning, and here we are the next day reviewing it. And this is really important, I think, to, to point out. Since, I don't know, t- maybe 12 hours has elapsed, mm-hmm. we've completely forgotten the movie. Completely and totally and utterly erased it from our minds. It's as if, over, in the middle of the night while we were sleeping, our subconscious minds were like, no, no, <laughs> suppressed <laughs> all the memories. I want to take it a step further, because right after we watched this movie, my main argument for not recording last night was that we couldn't bring ourselves to even think about what happened in this movie. We were so traumatized. Yeah. So before we started recording, we actually sat down and tried to piece together what this movie was all about because it, it really, like you said, it's a plotless mishmash mm-hmm. of stuff. The best way I can describe this movie, it's like an anthology movie, like Amazing Stories or Tales from the Hood. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but usually those movies, the, the plot lines are separated from each other. They're, they're single-serving episodes. Right. This movie, it's like all those different plot lines are all happening simultaneously and we're just cutting back and forth, back and forth between 12 different stories or whatever. So we all sat down and wrote an infographic here, like a chart of every character in the movie and we tried to graph out what their relationship to one another is. Can you describe this? What do you think of this picture we drew? It looks like someone tried to diagram, this is, no one's going to understand this. It's like the Kennedy assassination or something. I was say, it's like someone it tried to diagram the events of Primer. Yes. It's like if someone tried to diagram out the events of like Donnie Darko on like a timeline. Yeah. Right? Of how all those things flowed. That's what this this was this looks like. We drew a bunch of circles with the characters with a bunch of lines connecting everybody to everybody else. I am really proud of this though, the way this has come <laughs> out. I'm gonna scan this and put it on the internet so everybody can see it. This looks like an electron scatter graph that you like got <laughs> out of like CERN. It looks like there's electron <laughs> orbitals.
animals moving around. I think I see the Higgs boson in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like there's a graph for theoretical particles, like subatomic particles. <laughs> this movie is so overcomplicated. I'm going to give this movie some credit. I'm going to give it some praise right now. I think that this movie's story structure is very interesting. It is a very interesting story structure to have 20 different characters all interacting. This is like, like, like Martin mentioned, like, this is like a 4D movie where all these different things are happening in real time at the same time and we're cutting back and forth and everybody's related to everybody else in some way. So this must have been a real challenge to try to get this on paper and make it make sense. When they were way. when they were writing out the screenplay, it must have been a headache. But I said this while we were watching it last night. I felt like somebody was able to teleport back and forth through different people's lives in the city of Los Angeles. And these people really didn't have anything in common with each other and the stories didn't interrelate in any way. It was just like you were flashing to different people's lives for two hours. The biggest problem with a story structure like this is it's very clear that when you try to cram 800 people into a movie, there isn't enough screen time to connect to anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody. So you just don't care. Kevin, you were comparing this to a movie that you loved called He's Just Not That Into You? Yeah, that movie's terrible, but... How was that like? Was it like this? It was, but there was a lot fewer characters, so you spent a lot more time with people. This is like a collection of short films, basically. Yeah, like that um, New York I Love You, yep. Paris Je T'aime. Yep. You know what's interesting? They gave Ashton Kutcher the Razzie for worst actor for this movie. I'm actually going to give him a lot of credit for him actually portraying and uh, a timid individual, and I think that that's kind of at, like a, an odd character for him to play, with such limited screen time to do that in. I'm also going to give this movie some praise. For what they were able to, some of these actors were able to get across to me in a very disjointed 10 minutes out of two hours, that's kind of impressive. Wait, was this the same year as Killers? Yeah. Yeah, it was. He won for this? Yeah. And not Killers? Yes. Yeah, it's weird, right? That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> that's outrageous. He was nominated for both. He was, yeah. That's out, yeah, that makes no sense. They're not even trying. The Razzies? They're just, yeah, they're just trying to make headlines. <laughs> Why? Because this this movie was way... More popular? Way more popular than Killers, so they're going to nominate him for this. I'm going to say this right now. While we were watching this movie, I would say within the first 30 minutes, I said to the both of you, I said, so, is Valentine's Day better or worse than Killers? And the both of you said, it's way better than Killers. Yep. And then, at the end of the movie, I posed the question again, and what was the result? Way worse than Killers. But (laughs) I think... I think the analogy I made earlier is fair. It's similar to comparing two people in a boxing match where I get my ass handed to me in in both matches. If you're going to ask me how it is at the end of a match I had where I went 12 rounds with someone, I'm going to say that the 12 rounds were worse because they had another hour to beat me up. In this movie, halfway through, I was only getting beaten for an hour. Then I continued to get beaten for another hour. (laughs) So by the end of this movie, I think that I was beaten down so low and so thoroughly that I could easily say that this movie hurt me way more than... We were looking at the TV, right? We were looking at it. We saw this movie. It entered our eyes. No, wait, 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 wait. We didn't watch it, right? We looked at the TV. Yeah, we were were actively looking at it. I didn't didn't see this movie, though. I'm gonna say I saw the first hour. Yes, me too. I was with it. Because then it seemed like it should end. So much information was given to me, Mm -hmm. right, with all the quick cuts and stuff, but in reality, nothing happened. Yeah. But my mind felt like it had just witnessed a full movie. Yeah. And it was like, all right, we're done. 
on. Agreed. But then I clicked the uh, the timer button on the DVD to see how much time is going on, and there was still an hour left to go. Uh-huh. And I couldn't believe my eyes. It, it was, was like, shocking. It's like, there's more? There's still more to go? Like I said, this, this is like a weird avant-garde sort of new take on movie making or something. Do you think like in the future, that we're going to get more movies like this? They're yeah. not going to be gimmicky based on holiday movies. It's going to be a real movie just like this, which is yeah, loaded yeah, over yeah, the top. Yeah, they're going to look at this movie in the same way that they look at 2001 A Space Odyssey now, how it was so ahead of its time. I don't see this lasting. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we talk about the plot in a movie, mm-hmm. but like Kevin said, there is none. None we're talking about. I'm looking at my notes here, and this movie wins the award for the least amount of notes I've ever taken for a movie on this show. Absolutely. And I'm looking yeah. at the notes, and all they say are Jessica Biel, Topher Grace, and Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I just have quick notes on the characters. Like, who, who's in the scene? Yeah, like what, That's it. What, what character they're playing? Like, McDreamy's a two-timer. Just out of curiosity, what are your last notes? Like, what's the last line you guys wrote down? Bradley Bo- Gay. <laughs> you? Bollywood dance? Mine is, this movie makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right what you want from a Valentine's Day movie, right? Kevin, this movie makes a proposal look like a masterpiece. Yeah, it does. It really does. That's shocking. <laughs> I feel like if a director tried <laughs> I feel like if a director tried to make a movie terrible, disjointed, have no story and alienate the audience and make them feel like a bad human being for just witnessing it, I don't think that they could do that as well as this movie did. I think that that would be a challenge. One of the things that really surprised me is that in a lot of the emails, voicemails and stuff that I've gotten from people, everybody says that this movie is okay. They say this movie is good, it's alright, it's okay, but New Year's Eve is a thousand times worse. How is that even possible? It's your fool me once, shame on you, <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. You gonna quote Lincoln on this one? Yeah. yeah. This really is one of the worst movies we've ever watched. These notes are useless <laughs> that I have here. They really are. They're useless. They're, they're, like, I wrote down stuff that I remember. It, it's, it's just minor plot points for Grace. a story that doesn't matter. <laughs> Topher Grace. <laughs> Kevin just threw his notes across the room. Kevin's significant other is actually very mad at him because she wanted to watch this movie. It wasn't like she's dying to see this movie, <laughs> but we normally watch movies that she has no interest in. When we used to watch them at my place, we'd make her watch these terrible movies that she didn't want to see. She had to see Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, Waterworld. exactly. G.I. Joe. <laughs> so now we watch a movie that she would mildly be interested in seeing, and she was like, oh, now you do Valentine's Day when I'm not around to watch it. You did her a favor. I did. I did. And I'll let her know that. Is there anything you guys want to say about this? Anything less? We are absolutely not the target demographic for this movie in any way. We shape had no form. business watching We have this. no business watching this movie. And, and you, you know what? I want to take this movie on any I, I was looking for merits in this movie where I could say this was interesting. The way it was shot was kind of interesting. It were, There was competent directing or the scenes were very well done and artistically done. I think it was. And, and, and it was but I couldn't bring myself to look at the screen. I couldn't even look at the screen. It was hurting me. This is a, one of the most difficult movies to have to talk about. This looked like a movie, sounded like a movie, but they didn't write a movie. This shouldn't be a movie, this this story. It's just, it's too convoluted without anything really happening. And it, it's pointless for us to go through the plot points of this movie because that's not the reason to see this. If someone's going to see this, it's to see probably one or two of your favorite actors because I can almost guarantee one or two of them are in this movie and just see them up on the big screen. Okay, let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. A greeting card full of vomit. Mark Kermode, BBC Radio. (laughs) 
More than a dozen familiar faces are wasted in this trite, groan-inducing mediocrity. Richard Roper, richardroper.com. And finally, the dire romantic comedy Valentine's Day is neither romantic nor remotely comedic. Manola Dargis, New York Times. Okay, guys, this movie currently holds an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? This movie is absolutely that bad. This (laughs) movie is horrible. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. No one should ever see this movie. This movie gets a hard, super, super, super hard one out of five. No one see it. If you hear that someone's going to go see it, it is your civic duty as a human being to stop them from viewing this movie. And I think you would be protected under the Good Samaritan law if it applies in your state. My score's a one. And what about 18%? Rotten Rod Tomatoes score, 18%. This movie should get a 0%. One missed call was better than this. One missed call was way better than this movie. Way better. I feel like I want to start like a movie revolution right now. That's how like strongly I hate this movie. Not that we ever would have done this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to start this conversation. Okay, all three of us, right? We all go to see this movie for whatever reason. <laughs> Okay. In the theater? Yeah, in the, in the theater. We go see this together, just us. Okay. We walk out of this, right? Yes. I've never walked out of a movie in my life. <laughs> I would have walked out of this movie, for sure. Would you w- Would you have done that? Yes, absolutely. I can say without a doubt that I would have got up and walked out on this. <laughs> you wanted to walk out of this room when we were watching it. This movie was abysmal. What if it was a date night, though? You'd have been stuck. I know, and I have so much, so much pity for those poor souls that were stuck. <laughs> Watching this movie on dates. It, no, but in all honesty, this was terrible, and I would never tell anyone to see this. But this movie has an audience. There was people that went and saw this, and from what I understand, there are people that enjoyed enjoyed this movie. I am going to give it a two out of five, just because this wasn't made for me. This was made for those people that like this movie. So there is an audience for it. It's not the absolute bottom of the barrel, because there are people that will enjoy this movie. It's just I'm not one of those people. Okay, as for me, is it really that bad? Obviously, yes, it is that bad. You know, had you have asked me what score I'd have given it within, after the first hour I would have given it a two because I, I thought it was lively enough there was enough stuff going on it was more exciting than Killers because more things were happening you know it was faster cuts you know things were going on but as the movie progressed I just felt it eroding my soul <laughs> it was a nightmare this movie is frenetically boring Fair. aggressively mediocre <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible, terrible movie. One out of five. One, 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 <laughs> exclamation point out of five. One, 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 exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, one. one. Yes. This movie was horrendous. Horrendous. But yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. Yeah, I am not the key demographic for this movie. If people like this movie, fine. I'm not going to begrudge anybody who liked this movie. No, either am I. I agree with you. I know that there is an, probably an audience for this. I, in fact, I mean, I it know, made a lot of money. I know, I know, I know a lot of people went to go see it whether or not they were they were hoodwinked or bamboozled I don't know but they might have <laughs> why, why do you guys have a problem with like the lex kind of words I, I decided to bust out let's go to the gin mill <laughs> so yes one out of five don't see this movie stay away from Valentine's Day the end okay we got some voicemails I'll play those for you right now to listen to your messages press one hey guys it's Jay Hey guys, this is Sean uh, from New Jersey. Hey guys, it's Marlene from New Jersey. This is Calvin from San Diego. Hey guys, this is Shane from Ohio, and this is Marfu of um, EC Paycheck. I mean Valentine's Day. A friend took me out on a blind date to see Valentine's Day. I was very pissed off at the decision because I wanted to see Wolfman. I thought that'd be pretty good, and you know how that turned out. So anyway, I'm watching a movie with some random girl I do not know watching Valentine's Day, and I do not want to be there. And um, I thought I'd give a shot. Like, you know, you can't be that bad. It's a romantic comedy. I actually 
actually ended up watching Valentine's Day around Valentine's Day when it came out a couple years ago. And I can't say that I loved it, but I also can't say that I hated it. Just saw Valentine's Day yesterday, and already I don't really remember what happened in the movie. Yeah, there's no word to describe this movie. It's horrible. I, all I remember, like, I'm so happy that I forgot it. And I blame you three, Joel, Martin, Kevin, for making me have to remember this. This movie is very forgettable. To me, this movie was a lot of cliches and a lot of familiar territory and just random stories that were irrelevant and pointless. I mean, I don't even care about this movie. Like, you sit there for two hours and you don't care about anything that happened in the movie. I mean, I watched it less than 24 hours ago, and I don't, I couldn't tell you the plot. There's no plot. It's just a series of bits that just happen, and you don't care. And I mean, the biggest emotional, um, I guess, emotion that this movie uh, made me have was just eye rolling. Like this movie didn't affect me at all. It just made me roll my eyes like every 10 minutes or something. Like, yeah, I don't know what to say about this movie. This movie was so bad. Yeah, it's funny how it's, it's people can say is this the Americanized version of Love Actually, and I think that's kind of an insult because at least Love Actually was a pretty good and at least funny romantic comedy and. Everything about that movie is just kind of thrown together, but I think that's pretty much the point. So, for people who just like a good genre movie, I guess they'll enjoy it. People want to see their favorite stars, of course they're going to love it. Of course it's a dumb movie, there's no point to it, and there's too many things going on at one time. But clearly this was just another attempt at Gary Marshall showing off, I have this much money and this many friends in the entertainment business, so let's make a movie together. Listen, I haven't seen Valentine's Day. But when I heard that it stars both Ashton Kutcher and Taylor Lautner, I was like, whoa, this is like like a 50 on the beefcake scale. I kind of feel the need to see this movie now. Kutcher was terrible. I hated the movie. A lot of the storylines, while they were stupid and they had actors that I didn't particularly care for, mainly the one with Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Garner that was just haphazard and thrown together, Basically, a bunch of crap happens to a bunch of people, and they all somehow, all the storylines intertwine, and they all help each other out, and having, like, some happy Valentine's Oh, and, like, the big shocker, I remember, was uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie, you find out that one of the characters was gay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. The Bradley Cooper and Eric Dane storyline was actually kind of cute, even though it lasted for five seconds. One thing I didn't see coming was that, uh, slight spoiler, Bradley Cooper is gay with the football player. I thought that was mildly just clever, or maybe I was just so bored that I just wasn't paying attention enough to notice he was gay, but whatever. I'm glad they put that in. I have a little poem for the director, Gary Marshall, um, about his film. Roses are red, out are blue. Most of your movies suck. And Gary, I'm sorry, this one does too. Uh, one out of five. Not much really to say. I mean, I guess it was better than Killers. Too bad that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, I, I, I go far as to say it's pretty, like, as bad as the, like, epic movie, disaster movie, those, like, where it's, like, made to be bad, where this one's trying to be good, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's in that level. So, yeah, um, I'm done here. I don't want to. Just revel in the joy that is love and Valentine's Day. End of new messages. Thanks for those voicemails, guys. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, let's read some listener mail. First up, we got another drawing in. Oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Maybe this will lighten up the mood a little bit. Here, yeah. let, me, let me get it. All right. Is it all nude? <laughs> I drew Martin with the biggest penis. <laughs> I don't know. I just imagined it being huge. Really big. I drew Joel with a vagina. <laughs> 
Did you drool with a vagina and testicles? (laughs) (laughs) That's very accurate. (laughs) Okay, so this drawing comes in from Tony, and he says that this is how he imagines every episode of our show starts off. (laughs) Pretty sweet. I probably do usually have my arms folded like that. <laughs> I like how my arms are very hairy. That's that's actually that's actually very accurate. My arms are very hairy. <laughs> that equipment looks way better than what we use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a picture of me in the back shaving while Martin and Kevin are very upset sitting at a round table waiting for me to finish up. How do you know we were at a round table? Yeah. You must have noticed the round table discussion that we have. Yeah, Knights of the Round. I'll either link to that Facebook page in the show notes or link directly to the picture so you can check that out. Okay, first email. Nick writes in and says, he wants to talk about the Lost World. If I recall correctly, the big dinos in the roundup scene were brachiosauruses rather than apatosaurs. Also, the headbutt dino is also called a pachycephalosaurus. I looked it up when I got home. Yeah, that's not the one I was talking about because I did some research on my own and the dinosaur that I was talking about is a parasaurus. Sorolophus. That's the one with the crescent-shaped head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, Margaret writes in and says, Hey, Joel, great podcast today. Listen to it while I was on the beach. I was shocked that you guys didn't notice some major flaws within the first 10 minutes of The Lost World. In the beginning of the movie, a lawyer is speaking with the old man scientist nephew when he mentions that the agreement was to now reveal any information about the island and the death of three people on it. Count the number of deaths in the first movie. I believe that five or six people died on the island. In the first movie, Jeff Goldblum mentions to the two some other guy that he has three kids. In this movie we only see one, and I don't think he mentions having any other kids. Are the villains in this movie really villains? I mean, once the dinosaurs are captured, they would be taken care of. If they stay alone on that island, they would face overpopulation, not to mention the risk of human beings going to the island to see the dinosaurs or sunbathe only to be eaten. I confess that I like this movie still, despite its flaws. Take care. Andrew writes in and says, Great show, guys. Bit of trivia regarding Jeff Goldblum having a black daughter in the movie. Spielberg himself has an I think adopted son who is black. Is there a deeper meaning in the on-screen relationship? Probably not, but whatever. Will you uh, wish to recant your extremely racist comment, Martin? <laughs> no, I will not because I don't know if you, I mean, you've, you've watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Perhaps. And you wouldn't say that there's any racism going on in that movie. No. Yeah, all, all right, whatever. The proof of the pudding is in the eating and I've seen his cinematographic works. Andrew also says, minor request though, the call-in segment. It's always the same couple of people and it's just recap the stuff you guys just said, only funnier. I'd even be better if you read out listener comments or emails because at least you guys could still riff on stuff. Still a great show. Well, Andrew, that's an interesting point you make because just like the question of the week got the axe. Uh, voicemails, oh. they're on the chopping block. Uh-oh. I think as well. I'm just stripping away every <laughs> element from this show until there's nothing left. <laughs> I think the show's getting more streamlined and it's the stuff that's funny is staying and the stuff that isn't is going. The thing with the voicemails, I like the fact that it's real people mm-hmm. talking. I really like that aspect. As opposed to us robots? Yes. Of us automatons. But like you said, it's right. It's always the same cast of characters and... We need more people to call in then. But what do you want me to do about that? I, I ask for voicemails every time. You're not asking hard enough. Yeah, beg. <laughs> Get on your knees, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I'll grovel next time to get more people to call in. Let's just say that the voicemails are on thin ice, and uh, they could disappear in the future. Uh-oh. It's definitely not the number of... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not the number of people that are listening to it, because that's gone up. People just don't call in. Yeah. Do you want me to call in? Would that make things better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, well, yeah, okay. yeah you guys... It would be super meta. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kevin. I just wanted to review the movie again. <laughs> okay, Shara writes in and says, Donations? Hey guys, is there a way to donate money to you guys? I've really been enjoying the podcast and I want to show my support outside of Facebook because I really don't want to reactivate my account. Would you ever consider adding a PayPal, Flatter, or some other microtransactional donation method? Or you could just make some buttons and stickers or the logo or something. I'd buy that too. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something that's been in the works for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to happen in, in the future. We'll have that. Uh, we, we haven't really figured out how we're going to go about doing this, but... It's definitely... A, it's it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. We're going to start asking for cash. <laughs> we need to get Joel a McMansion. <laughs> be like John Hammond. The way I see it, for the future of the show, there probably will be a donate button on the site somewhere. We're going to try to sell maybe like bonus content, special episodes, or sell merchandise like t-shirts or hats or look, whatever, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever, anything it takes. Whatever we can do, because I just like donations, that's great, but I kind of feel better if we give something back yeah. as opposed to just give me money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you definitely deserve to recoup. I mean, you, this costs you money. It does. To do this. Like, yeah, yeah. And I finally feel like in the beginning when we first started, I didn't think the show was worth asking people for money, but I finally think that we're at a point now where I'm okay asking people to chip in a couple of pennies, you know? Mm-hmm. A couple shillings? Shekels. <laughs> Rupees. Rupees. Rubles. Quid. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, once we get the paperwork and legal stuff out of the way, we'll start doing this. Wes writes in and says, do you guys have any tattoos? And in your opinion, who is the true queen of hop music? How is that? What? <laughs> How are those questions related? I don't have any tattoos. I guess the question is, do they have to be? No, I don't have tattoos either. And I don't have any tattoos. And I'm staunchly anti-tattoo. Current queen of pop music? Well, Beyonce? Yeah, isn't Beyonce the queen? Rebecca Black. Why? Get it right. Why are you doing this? <laughs> you do this to me. Why do, you, you? why do you embarrass us like this? Okay, Christine writes in and says, I have no artistic abilities, so I will try to describe what I think you look like. For some reason, I can picture your relative heights. Martin, I think you are the tallest. Then Joel. Then Kevin is the shortest. I also think all of you have darker brown hair. That's all I got so far in my clothes. Yeah, you're... So what does that mean? Like when she pictures do us? Do I sound short? <laughs> Every description we've gotten so far is like, Kevin, yeah, you're, you're, you're a midget. Kevin Lilliputian. <laughs> oh, well played. Yeah, that was very well played. You have to you have to shoot a grappling gun up to the microphone. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. when she listens to the show, she just imagines these faceless figures that are just relatively <laughs> tall. And play, yeah. I think it probably has something to do with the tonality of our voice. Do we look like the question? Yeah, yeah, we have, we have no facial that's features. Cool. I'm down with that. <laughs> you're, you're very close. I mean, you can't really be close, but you are. She's right about the hair. You're right about the hair and you're right about the height. I'm, I'm the so tallest. She's spot on. Yeah, she's, you're, you're absolutely correct. 100% on those guesses. Well played. Well, okay, yeah. Margaret writes in again. He says, after rewatching Jumanji and Zathura, I went to Rotten Tomatoes to see what ratings Zathura had. I was surprised to see that while Jumanji got a rotten from all the critics, but was loved by the viewers, Zathura got a fresh from the critics and a general dislike from the viewers. Any theories as to why viewers would dislike Zathura, since it's basically the same story in a different setting? Take care. I, I yeah. really liked Zathura. So did I. In comparison I to Zathura. Jumanji, I thought it was great. Zathura lacked star power, right? Like, there's no Robin Williams in that movie. Yes, Tim Robbins. People like that. They're, they're Robin Williams. That's true. People sometimes don't like their Tim Robbins. Fair enough. <laughs> it's true sometimes. Tim That's the, I agree with that, actually. <laughs> 
the critics hated Jumanji but loves Zathura, and the viewers love Jumanji but hate Zathura. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. It's really weird. I think Zathura is the better movie. Without I, a doubt. Could we dealing with could we be dealing with an expectation scenario here? Like people were expecting Jumanji. Poor reviews from critics for Jumanji, a likable movie, so you like it, versus Zathura. Critics yeah. say this is a great movie, so your expectations are higher, so you expect more from it. I guess. I mean, I saw Zathura as an adult, so and I liked it then. So there's no nostalgia or anything holding me back. Yeah. Maybe the critics like Zathura better because of the John Favreau aspect of it. That might be it. Too. I mean, it's a better movie, right? It's directed better. The story's better. Kristen Stewart's in there. Kristen Stewart's in there. There's your star power. Yeah. But that was pre-Twilight. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John writes in and says, "Hey guys, thanks for reading my comment on the podcast. But after hearing it read out loud, I thought an explanation might be in order, so I don't sound like such a total creep. This is the guy who was walking around at the docks at the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, listening to the podcast and cackling to the moon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, walking through the graveyard. I'm a PhD student in a kind of psychology, so I tend to stay pretty late on campus, especially when I'm analyzing data. So it's really nice after a long day to walk home listening to you guys rip apart movies or just to hear your laughs at all the weird, goofy things that you pick out. I guess that makes sense. PhD yeah, student. A, a that kind makes sense. of psychology. So yeah, yeah. Parapsychology, like yeah. Bill Murray and mm-hmm. the Ghostbusters. So I was curious, a potential question of the week. What are people doing when they listen to the podcasts? I'm normally walking home or working out. Love the show, John. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what are you normally doing? I'm driving. I'm supposed to be working. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> Aaron writes in and says, Hey guys, I've been a listener since this was a few months old and everything continues to get better. Nice work. It is clear that you are getting more listener mail nowadays, but how much more? About how many messages do you have to sift through each week? Joel, do you sometimes wish you weren't so popular as to skim through the mounds of Quaid and Cage-based messages? <laughs> P.S. Joel, I've always shaved the way you described on a previous episode, and it's not a hobby, but <laughs> now whenever I do it, your voice pops into my head as I stare at myself in the mirror, so thanks for that awkwardness. Now, it's definitely not a hobby, so there you go. Yeah, I don't know how many emails do I get. The, the number of emails has gone up. I would say that usually the ratio of emails, it's usually more people suggesting movies than stuff that I read on the show, because the way I do it when I read the mail, it's like I read the email. And if it's something that's interesting or worth talking about, I save it for the show and I respond to the person on the show. But if it's a question that that's like interesting to me, but nobody else, I'll just respond in email. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's usually how I, I do it. It's like this mail isn't a good fit for the show, whatever. So I just answer them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. But let's be honest, like what you did with the shaving, like that was a hobby. I'm going to say no, it's not. A, I didn't get into it right now as a hobby. Right. I, come but, on. When you first started doing it. OK, let me, you want to know how shaving is a hobby? I'll tell you how. Kevin, how you weren't up here yet, but it was like unreal. Like we'd wait for an hour. Okay, here, here's the, the fi- I'll put the final nail in the shaving coffin here and get it <laughs> over with. Here's how it started. This is 2008. I was so sick and tired of shaving and then getting all these red bumps on my neck. It was constant every time. I was like, this, I would have this miserable, painful shave every time. It's like there has to be a better way. So I did a Google search and I stumbled onto that Badger and Blade website and I fell into this insane subculture. I just wanted to learn how to shave better. That's it. That's all I wanted to get out of. It. I wanted a better shave. The way that it's a hobby is the way that these guys out there will spend tons of money buying every shaving cream and soap and blade imaginable. It's like a, it's like the way people collect useless crap. You know, people love collecting stuff. That's a hobby, right? Like pogs. Oh. <laughs> 
They're coming back, bro. <laughs> one of these days. Does everybody still have their pogs? Or do they just have their slammers? I think I got rid of all that stuff. Even your slammers? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I threw it in an incinerator. <laughs> okay, Will writes in and says, I was kicking around plans on doing my take on your logo. But then when I heard you guys talking about it on the latest podcast, I decided against the idea. I don't want to be insulting by redesigning something that you put a lot of t- thought into. However, is there anything else you'd think be cool for me to illustrate for you? P.S. I listen to your podcast at work while I draw. I'm an artist at an indie game studio, and I also listen while I'm walking the docks at night. (laughs) (laughs) P.P.S. I, too, am worried about the Dark Knight Rises. That's pretty cool. I actually responded to him. I told him that it would be cool. We want to sell t-shirts in the future, maybe. Mm -hmm. So if there's people out there with raw talent, powerful illustration skills, (laughs) who can, you know, make a cool design in Illustrator or something for a t-shirt for us to sell with the express intent that you'd be giving it to us for the express purpose of us selling it mm-hmm. and you'd do it out of the kindness of your heart and you'd get none of the profits. <laughs> 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 Why would anyone do that? To help the cause. I don't know. What yeah. is the cause? What are we, like a fight military? Yeah, <laughs> what are we, a military force? <laughs> Bod Noir Babe writes in and says, I don't know what you call the segment after you finish the show, but God damn, that was the funniest thing I've heard in a long time on the Lost World episode. Who was that? He should do more songs for you. That is Tyrone Turbo Swag. I didn't know that song existed and when I was just listening to the episode it just, I was I was waiting to see what part of the episode Joel used for the outtake section at the end and all of a sudden I, I get this music. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> so it was like scary. It was like, what's happening? I was like, at first I was like, did Joel put some really like production value into something? Did he like make a mixed song of our, of our audio? But no, yeah, Tyrone really threw a curveball. Yeah, you guys may know Tyrone from various voicemails in the history of the show. He's so. always he's always in the trees. Yeah, with cell phones and watching out for bees and, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> At Tyrone Turbo Swag on Twitter, you can follow him. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week, and Cody writes in and says, I'm not sure if this has been done or not, but what movie universe would you like to live in? That's pretty good. Tron. Tron Legacy. It's pretty cool. I'm not living in that universe. The yeah, grid. That's, that's strange. Yeah, that's really that's strange. That's a really strange that's answer. That's a bizarre... That's a cool place. That's a strange answer. That is a land of darkness. There's no sun. <laughs> no human beings. All right, what's your answer? <sighs> tough because like default like you want to see superheroes right but then you got to deal with super villains messing up your stuff not always not, not always <laughs> what what do you think martin well i mean you could live in a world with superheroes but who's to say that you're gonna have superpowers i'm not saying i would you just be like a bystander and watch the, wouldn't that be cool no no it wouldn't it'd be terrifying well, that's you have this inherent fear of some super people with superpowers <laughs> you're terrified you wake up in cold sweats in the night <laughs> yeah you're real you're real detective bullock I'd like to live in the Chronicle world with the caveat that I am the one who gets those bad, those those abilities. The world of... You're living in Valentine's Day w- universe. The, the world of Willy Wonka. Oh, all right. Which one? Yeah, which one? Please. The original. Jonathan yeah. Depp. Right? Okay, all right. No! 
<laughs> no, not the James. Jonathan Depp. <laughs> now it's time to announce the winners of the listener's choice poll. And the theme was cowboy movies, and the choices were Wild Wild West versus Jonah Hex. And the winner is... Wild Wild West. It wasn't even close. It's like a landslide. I didn't think it would be. I've never seen a movie get pummeled to death like <laughs> Jonah Hex has, like this was. I'm actually really happy, because I have I never want to see that movie. Nobody wants to see Megan Fox? No. Yeah. I guess we'll get to hear some Will Smith raps from... Yeah. The mid-90s. I guess I should be careful what I wish for, right? (laughs) I got a giant mechanical spider in my future. Okay, so if you've already seen this movie, give us a call at 973-797-9324. Give us a call, leave us a little mini-review, and we'll play it on the show. Or maybe we should retool the voicemails segment. Or will we? Yeah, or maybe, maybe not. Well, you know, maybe we'll retool the voicemail segment and turn it into more, like, questions. You know, you you call in with a question. Or a statement, or a story, or something, and then we'll respond to that. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all right. To hell with Wild Wild West or whatever. Call in with a question or a statement or something and that we'll, we can actually respond to. And we'll answer it on the show. Well, we'll see how that goes. Just call in with whatever. Whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you have an anecdotal story that we find interesting or Mildly fun, humorous. Yeah, it'll get played. Yeah, if it's something we can get chuckles out of, whatever. But, Give but it to I, us. I'm looking for a guffaw. Oh, a guffaw? One or two of those. Okay. Yeah. I, I want people at home to be flabbergasted. Need some mm. chortles? Sure. I want someone to be floored. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by clicking the like button on Facebook. And you can follow us on Twitter at Yeah It's Bad. You can follow Kevin at Yeah It's Kev. You can follow Martin at Yeah It's Martin. And you can listen to the show on your non-iPhone or Zoom devices via Stitcher at Stitcher.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Oh, I forgot to tell you my story because we didn't record last night. A little story about my ride over here last night. No, go ahead. So I have I have a sinus infection, and on my ride over here last night, I had some snot build up in my nose, and I needed to blow my nose. And I had no tissues, so I'm looking around my car, like, what, what can I use here? Like, how can I get rid of this? <laughs> so there's a notepad. So I pull the notepad, I rip a piece of paper off, and I blow my nose in the piece of paper. Like the, the only thing I could do. So I closed the paper and I turned it over, and it was my notes from House of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is a fitting end for these notes.